and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, we have just spent a lot of time in a car recently. Yeah, a lot of time in the car. Not nearly as much as we did a few months ago. That is true. Yeah, that it was wasn't as bad. More, and we had a distraction. We both had to behave because your kid was in the car too. Right, exactly. <laughs> that, that was a big factor. But you, me, a friend of mine, and my son, we all went up they, to... Everybody here knows Jim. Yeah. Uh, a friend of ours, Jim. We we decided to take a, a quick one-day trip up to Albuquerque. Unfortunately, one of the local stores there, that's one of the more prominent ones, uh, called Active Imagination... They're closing after 12 years, and yeah. uh, it's not like I got choked up there. It was just me swallowing my spit. That's sure, all. sure, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not crying. It was onions. Um, <laughs> but no, we, that, that was my old haunt when I used to go there. That was the old stomping ground. So I was like, you know what? We need to go We need to go say hi. And you hadn't even seen it yet. No, no. I and hardly so, ever go up to Albuquerque. I think you and me were talking about it. Uh, the last time I went there was probably 10 years ago almost. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Probably. Just after I got married. So, man, about eight years or so. Yeah. So it wasn't. Yeah. It was. Man. Yeah, it was significant, that, and I wasn't I, in I board been up gaming there a couple times. Yeah. Since I, then. I, I haven't been up there since I got into board gaming. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And as Creative Chaos said, yeah, Blah Albuquerque. I don't disagree with you, but we did hit up three shops, and I just figured that'd be cool to give them a quick shout out. Oh yeah. I have imagination what I was just saying. They're yep. they're closing after twelve years. Uh, uh, they, the owner said pretty clearly that you know she she's was ready to move on. And cool. their last day is going to be the end of the month. I think she said the thirtieth. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you've ever been a fan of that place, you know, awesome. Good to show them some love. But then while we were there, we also hit up a couple other stores. We checked out uh, Slice and Dice. What did you think of that? That was good. I, I like it. So instead of a board game cafe, it was a pizzeria, board, ga- or board game pizzeria. Yep. Uh, some really good food. Uh, oh, And also it was like, okay, it's a board game pizzeria. It's probably not going to be the best pizza in the world. The toppings were just normal toppings. Mm-hmm. Nothing to write home about. The, the marinara sauce was decent. But that cheese... That cheese that they put on there was so good. So good. So good. Yeah. And so much to the point that you were like raving about it for like most of the rest of the trip. Yeah. Yeah. That was like your favorite part of that. That cheese was, I mean, it's incredible. I got the cheese bread, but it was fantastic. <laughs> so I just want to give that a quick shout out. Slice and dice. And the owner, like we, you talked to the owner. Yeah. Um, really cool guy. Very really cool likes guy. to support the, the state. Um, yeah. For uh, local, local communities, communities to yeah. anybody who's in the state, he wants to have it yeah. brought into his store and support it. Absolutely. So he, the, their store sells everything from like Magpie games to level 99 games. Um, uh, uh, now, there was another company who made Orchard, which yeah. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember I the name check. of the company. But yeah, so the, he's really great about supporting local uh, designers, publishers, stuff like that. So... Of course, we want to support him too. So. Side room games. Side room games. So if you have a chance, and there was a few others too that are, that are the names are are escaping me. So if you have a chance, go to Slice and Dice. It's up in the northern end of of Albuquerque. Yeah, north northwest. Very cool. And then finally, we went down to uh, Empire Board. Game Empire, Empire. Yep. Yeah, and that's another. And board I bought the game, game with the most ridiculous mini from there. Yes, yeah. Uh, do you want to tell them about it? <laughs> yeah, so I ended up buying. Uh, and first off, that's your your typical uh, typical board game cafe. Yeah. It's got mm-hmm. cafe food, sandwiches, uh, like sweet desserts and coffee, teas. Yep. Uh, but the game I got there was the newest on match was the T Rex versus uh, Ellie Sattler. I think her name is. 
But that T-Rex mini is yeah. just ridiculous. So it's, much, not, it's not even a mini. So much that one of the employees walked over and said, I haven't actually seen it yet. Hold on. Can I, can I look? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was like, wow, that's... But it was ridiculous. It was well, nice. Was that your first time at Empire? Uh, that was my first time at Empire. So, I actually yeah. get a coffee there, too, so... Yeah, and you, you like that coffee. <laughs> oh, it was good. I got what's called a fire and ice, so it has, like, a sweet cream at the bottom uh-huh. and an espresso at the top, so they're just kind of sitting on top of each other. That's cool. It, oh, it was so good. That espresso was strong, too, so yeah, I, I was there. bouncing the rest of the way home. <laughs> that was great. So well, I'm glad I was able to show you both those places. I think both of those really do a great job of, like... Uh, just providing a good example of what a good board ga- game restaurants should be. Yeah, like they they're definitely top notch. The food's great in both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I, I like the cheese. I like cheese a lot. So uh, <laughs> the slice and dice. Like, but I've also I've known the owners of both of them. Uh, Rory, who is the owner of uh, Empire Board Game Cafe, he's a really nice guy too. So okay. I mean, both of them support the community. They both really like what's going on, and they provide a good like well lit, good service. Friendly place, good environment. People well, yeah, feel safe there. Well, he was uh, the the guy who owns Slice and Dice is saying like people don't even come and play the games there. They like the food so much they just come yeah. for the food. There's there's a lot of people from the neighborhoods that go just for the food because that food is so good. Yeah, and then also uh, <laughs> yeah, he is networking it up, but they're 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 actually really good people. Um, so we just wanted to give them a bit of a shout out. I did like the fact that when we were there, we played some games, we ate some pizza, but there was like other families there. There looked like there was some friends that were hanging out playing some yep. games. There was some people who looked like they were on a date playing some games. Right. Mom and her two young sons were sitting there eating pizza and playing games. So it's been, it was nice. I really, really liked it. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The Empire. That was a little bit not as busy, but mind you, it's a Friday, middle right. of the day, so it probably would pick up. Middle and it, of the day. And yeah. It's, it's definitely in the college district. Yeah. And one of the big things about that, too, the big difference between the two places mm-hmm. is that um, you you do have to pay to play. Yeah, that other one. At Empire, which is $3 you, you do You do have to pay pay to play at uh, slice and dice unless you're ordering food then right. You, yeah right if you just show up for games you don't have to but food with that it's free yeah and so yeah that that's the big difference between the two but the thing is i mean i think <laughs> both do well you saw how well the, that environment was that neighborhood has the ability to not be the, the most, best yeah the best neighborhood just because of where it's located yeah it's downtown it's not the safest area well not really downtown but it's the main drag it's it's, the main it's drag, actually yeah. if it if you're route 66 fans that that's part of where you would have to go if you're doing the route the route route 66 right. exactly so that's something to keep in mind with that but with that considered i've spoken with the owner and his wife on mm-hmm. on occasions and they said that their whole premise is that they want to give a safe environment where where anybody, regardless of your beliefs, regardless of, you know, whatever, um, you can feel safe playing there. It's a safe environment. Yeah. And that's why, um, so there's a table full of female people, you know, mm-hmm. not female people, that's not a weird thing, <laughs> yeah. of, of women that women, are yeah. playing games, and they're college women, and you could tell that they felt comfortable there, and that's great, because there's so many, like, hole-in-the-wall shops that are just, uh, Yeah, like, don't make it are, feel dark like uncomfortable like the some of the community well, like stare at them like, the thing is we were there for shopping you know, we were looking at uh, right. some be- things though and they didn't get they didn't give a, uh, anything about me just standing close to them because i was looking at the wall of yeah. what they had for sale and yeah. they looked up at me then looked down back well, actually the game they just saw someone coming over saw yeah. that i was just looking at the games and yeah. they, it didn't matter to them Look because they felt safe there yep 
And Creative Chaos, sure to point out, yep, you are a female person. <laughs> I apologize about that, but you guys get the idea. But we just want to give them a quick shout-out, because that was a fun little trip that we got yeah. to go on to. Um, with that being said, Daniel, we're doing something slightly different before our Top 8 debate today. Yeah, um, I've told, uh, talked about it with you, and I, I just we've been playing a lot of games lately. Yeah. And for us to just continuously, because we like to tell people what we've been playing, that we want to mention these games and so we're going to start on uh top eight debates we're going to talk about two games that we played recently yep. this way we could just get through our backlog unless of... we haven't been playing like <laughs> yeah unless we haven't we yeah but most you know, you might expect two games per player or, or per, yeah, per player i like that yeah, two, uh, players, two games per player yeah to, for us to talk about before we get into the actual topic but we haven't even mentioned the topic today no, we haven't. Our topic today is our top eight racing games, which was the reason I talked about us being in the car, uh, driving all those hours. Very loose, you know, transition. I know so, uh, not a very strong segue, but that yeah. was the goal. Is We're talking about our racing games. And now, I, and I brought this up to you. I was like, I'm surprised we hadn't done this yet. And then you pointed out a very clear fact. I've only played nine racing games. Yeah. Uh, so my honorable mention like, has two racing games that I do want to play, but I haven't played right. yet. So we'll just have to talk about that when they come yeah. to it. But yeah, I, man, looking through those lists, I'm, <laughs> I've found that I've played so many racing games. And on top of that... I played so many bad racing games. <laughs> yeah, the, a lot of them didn't really... We almost got... Uh, speaking of Slice and Dice, they had um, one of the racing games in there. The Hobbo one, Monza. Monza, yeah. I thought about getting We were it. thinking about it. Just because my kids are too old now. Like, yeah. I don't think they would like it, but I've heard really good things about it, so I was strongly considered buying Monza. Just yeah. because. Maybe I'll look online and see how cheap it is. Yeah. I'm thinking about getting it for um, some friends of ours who have kids, because I think it would be uh, go down pretty well Make for sure them. you let me play it first. <laughs> so I'm curious. Well, he'll own it, so you can just be like, I know you got it. Bring it down. Hey, I want to play. I want to play Monza. It's like, you're 34. <laughs> I know. But, like, if you add those together, it's only seven, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, for Monza, uh, so it's just, yeah, For uh, the racing is first to the finish. So there's games in here that are car racing, vehicle racing. Yep. But so then we have animals. Uh, there's a one pirates. that's a foot race. Yep. <laughs> yep, there is. Yeah, and there's one that weird animals, all sorts of strange stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, that's, so the category, and there's even examples of like where you're getting victory points kind of. Yeah. And, but it's a certain person to get to a certain number of victory points mm -hmm. wins immediately and that's kind of technically a race it's technically but they, a race but, but they don't include that like yeah. Istanbul is an example of that first one is six points wins or um, uh, Lewis and Clark is another example of that first one to get to the west coast yeah winner, and so really it's a victory point track uh Board Game Geek has the definition for racing is games where the objective is to be the first to reach a checkpoint by navigation or steering around obstacles, usually by having a greater speed and or control that your opponent uh, than your opponents. Games in which play uh, uh, in which players simply attempt to attain a particular goal, winning condition, more quickly than the other players are utilizing the race mechanic. Right, and so great chaos. Good point. Cribbage would technically count as a race because yeah. first one hundred twenty one. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, you're absolutely not wrong. So let's talk about some of the games we've been playing, then we'll get into our list. All right. Daniel. All righty. So the first game I'm going to talk about, it's an oldie but goodie this way. You know, I talk about it a lot, but I did finally, first off, I've gotten the more recent pre-orders that I got for this game. 
And I finally tried one of the extra map packs that this game uh, that I pre-ordered a while ago and finally got it played. And this is Cartographers. Um, I got the most recent, and it's funny because we played it on Saturday. I'm like, I want to try this new map pack. I played the, um, I forget what it's called. I think it's Nebulous or the Underdark. That's what it is because you're playing above the ground and below the ground. But that one's interesting because the in the regular cartographers, you can build anywhere on the map you want. Especially if someone puts monsters out there, you need to block those spots off. Well, this one, you have to build connecting to other tiles. You have to connect all your stuff all the way back to the gate from above and below. I see. And so it was interesting what would happen. But they had to follow the same uh, placement rules for the monsters. So it had to at least connect, and it has to be uh, orthogonally, not diagonally. Okay. They have to connect. So that blocks off one spot for you for your negative points, but then we were playing with some of the special monsters like the zombie where it spreads after every scoring session. Okay. Or um, we had, what is it? I think it was the giant in the last round where it destroys after every season, after scoring season, it will it destroys an empty space so you can't play on it later. And so, yeah, those are pretty cool. Got the newest ones out uh, recently, so I, I really still dig this game. It's been a while since I actually played it, because it was like our go-to lockdown game, so I right. cooled on it for a little bit. Busted it out, the new ma- expansion pack, so I'm like, haven't played this in a while, and I want to play these new expansions, so let's try them out. Yeah, it makes me dig what they've done, where they just create different little tweaks to the game to keep it interesting. Cool. Yeah, I mean, classic, right? I mean, yeah. At this point, well, for you. For me, yeah. Yeah, I've still only played it the once. Um, I have to show you some of these new map packs. They're pretty cool. There's, like, one where they'll just put special cards into the deck in their volcano, and so the volcano will explode and start destroying stuff, so it messes fun. with your scoring. Right. Uh, the more recent one, like the Frozen Waste one, I think adds different monsters into the game that you have to play with, so when they come out, they do, like, different things and destroy stuff, and so yeah. it's been pretty cool. I've really enjoyed it, and I like the fact that when you're playing the game, I have all the monsters and now all the heroes set up, so it's like every season you're adding a monster to the deck and then a hero to the deck, shuffle it up, and sure. if they come up, they come up. If they don't, and you're adding another one, so the the monster that you added in the first season doesn't come up, in the next season, there's two monsters in there. <laughs> there could be three monsters in there, so it's interesting. I really like enjoy, and I've really had a good time playing this game, and just doing these new map packs has just made me love it more. That's cool. Awesome. So, uh, the first one I want to talk about was a game that you and I played um, right before our podcast last week. and uh, That's yeah, why I didn't put it on my same list. Thing. Yeah, because you knew it was coming on mine. Yeah. Bora Bora, Stefan Feld game. It's actually being re-implemented in one of the city collections. Uh, Venice. Venice, yeah. Um, we finally got a chance to play it because I, I was very insistent that we played it because this is now... I now only have one game left on my shelf of shame that was designed by Stefan Feld. Which one? Oracle of Delphi. Okay, yeah, I need to get. That's, we need to play that one. one. Yeah, yeah. And so, I would have told you to bring it tomorrow if we were recording. <laughs> right. If we were recording tomorrow, then okay. But we should explain. So we didn't talk about this on yeah. earlier. Uh, little side note: the reason why we're recording on a Monday, which we normally don't, we, we don't, do Tuesday. Creative Chaos, thanks for joining us. Apparently, because it's Monday. Yeah. On Tuesday, we normally record on a Tuesday, and that is because um, for as a Father's Day gift. My my wife brought me to the pound and didn't give me up, believe it or not. She surrendered <laughs> me to the pound. Uh, she actually said, well, you know, I'm finally coming around to the idea of a big dog. Go ahead and get one. And, she, was, and this was completely a surprise to me. Like, I, yeah. like it was weird because I, I drive the car normally. So 
I had to drive to this location. Yeah. And as we're driving up our highway, I'm like, I don't know, maybe we'll go to the flea market, the space museum, like, because those are all kind of up this way. And like, the no, stuff that you like out there. So. Yeah, exactly. Like I was like, I'm not complaining, but it seems kind of a weird, uh, weird gift. Right? She, you thought she was going to take you to Diddy's, didn't you? Oh, no, because <laughs> no, we just had lunch that day. I know. And so as we were driving, it was so weird. But yeah, she had me turn around. We looked at some dogs. Um, Gore, oh man, so many, so many great looking dogs. Um, yeah, and and this will be our third dog, and it's a much bigger dog than than before. But he is unfortunately getting neutered tomorrow. <laughs> uh, really, is that adopt? Is that I mean, unfortunate that, uh, for him? <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be. I'm just saying, uh, but. Remind me to show you a TikTok that I said. I don't my wife. want to see TikToks about this. Like I don't <laughs> no, know how this no, is going to no, no, it's I hilarious because I no, no, I sent it to my wife when we're talking I about it. Talking about neutering dogs, and you're like, hold, hold on, let me show you a TikTok. No, sir. But it's because <laughs> I mentioned that our dog is getting ready to get TikTok right. or TikTok get <laughs> to, get, to get neutered. And, yeah. Oh, the poor dog's getting TikTok tomorrow. <laughs> uh, he gets neutered on the first. So I saw this, and I like I I had to show that to her, and now I have to show it to you to know what your dog's going through like, tomorrow. Your dog's getting TikTok? Yeah, the female one's getting Snapchat, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's the new term right there. All right. <laughs> yeah, show me the TikTok later. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so he's, he's getting snipped tomorrow, and um, so when I pick him up, it'll be in the evening, so I didn't want to just pick him up and go, all right, here's your new home. Okay, bye. You know, and then come film. So I wanted yeah. to spend some time with the new dog. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but, I get it. Especially after he's just basically been TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> the poor thing. The poor animal. Oh, uh, God, I hope we remember, remember this next week. Bob Barker reminds you, TikTok your animals. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. and Snapchat your animals. <laughs> uh, oh, so you were talking about Bora Bora before we so got sidetracked. <laughs> It's a Stefan Feld game. Uh, it's a dice um, action selection game. There's a series of actions that you can choose from, either by expanding uh, your huts to different parts of the island, mm-hmm. getting the resources, doing bonus actions, um, getting uh, tribes of men and women into your tribe, mm-hmm. um, different things. What's cool about it is, unlike, uh, say, like Castles of Burgundy, which also uses dice, yeah. this one, quite simply, you roll your dice... And you always have to go to a smaller number on the action. So if I place out a six, you can only place a five or lower. Yeah. Um, Unless you have some special abilities. Unless special ability aside, right? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> some message. Um, on this though, the higher the number, normally the better the action. You have like more options to choose yeah. from as well. So it's kind of a cool little give and take. It's like, do I want to send this out? Do I want to expand? I have to spend, expand a six, so I need to do that first more than anything, but that doesn't close off anything for you. It could be a super uh, spiteful game. Yeah. Um, I. It's a little I bit like more friendly it. with two players. Yeah, it's it's a bit friendly because, um, I mean, you don't block anybody from those. Yeah. You just block them from the actions. Having played that other game last, uh, the previous Oracle game, Delphi. Oracle or, Delphi. No, not Oracle Delphi. Um, we no, were just talking about uh, Aquasphere. Um, having played that, I think I like Aquasphere quite a bit better. Just because of how quick it flows. Yeah, yeah. But that, dwelling on it, I still really like it. I haven't played... I've only ever played one stuff on Felt game I didn't like. And that was the children's game? Yeah, that was the... It, well, it's not even a kid's game. It's, yeah. the, it's a... We not, found it in the children's... It's a random... We found it in the children's yeah, section. We found it in the children's section. It was weird. <laughs> but that was the only one that I didn't like. But regardless, I still like this one. It'd be... I'm very curious one of these days we're going to have to play them all and rank them and really see which ones... How they lay. Because I'm, I'm very curious about that. 
That was the first one I want to talk about. You know, Nomura. when we do like the Stefan Feld or the Phil Walker Harding Day, we should make a list of all the games. We yep. should rank them how we feel right now, and then after we play it all, see the, how they uh, change. Change, yeah. Oh, I like that. Because that would be an interesting chits and giggle topic. Absolutely. All right, so um, my last game is one we played on Wednesday, and so I'll, I'll, I'll preface Wednesday, or which is our normal um, game day. So we have a group of friends come over, and usually we take turns. So it's uh, that was our mutual friend Dom's day, and so he decided instead of one really long game that will take most of the night, he decided, you know what, I'll bring like small games, and he brought like four or five, and we ended up playing four of them. This one I'm going to talk about was by far my favorite, and it was the first game of the night. Uh, Planet Unknown. This game was phenomenal. You and me both were like, what's going on here? It had a great uh, Lazy Susan in there. It's a drafting game where you're drafting polynomials, and so you have to set your marker on a certain section. And when it's the, the player's turn, the one who is controlling the thing, he can set it however he wants to to get whatever piece he wants or they want. And then they can pick it up place it and we're stuck with the two sections that we can pull from there's a smaller uh, area or the larger pieces mm -hmm. and we have to use one of those two that are in front of us right. and place it on our board but if you play the asymmetric uh system aside there's placement rules so for me personally the company i played with i had a lot of ice and a lot of um land. or not even a lot of land it was like ice and a few okay. bits of pieces of land but my placement rule is i couldn't place uh, were across both sections, so I had to play something either on land or on ice. Right, where mine was um, basically a Swiss cheese of a yeah. planet. It was even missing like a whole corner and had a bunch of holes all over it, and I couldn't place on holes at all. I forget what Dom's was specifically. I know he had a hole right in the middle, but there was some there, there was some yeah some rules that he couldn't place in. I couldn't remember what it was. Right. But then you also have your company that plays differently too. If you do right. the asymmetric side, so with mine, I was Oasis Unlimited, so I was just bouncing my water all around the board, and so it allowed me to go up uh, different tracks. So I can go up a few on the water track, and then all of a sudden it takes a sharp turn into the other three tracks, and then works its way back over to the the first track because it was like the second track. Yeah. So it makes its way all the way back to the second track and then it goes into the water and plays around in the water track a little bit and then it decides to fly around all over the place and it was right. it was fun and i had a really, i'm like i just want to get this all the way up because yeah. this this part uh, it amuses me that well, game my, my corporation had a flux track that <laughs> yeah you could change after you level, yeah. level up but the, all your special abilities would apply to that only only that track yeah and so and then the thing is with mine that the water scored me a lot of points so it made sense for me to just race up that track because uh, if you get to the, it's like five different tracks, and if you get the up to the top of all the tracks, they're five points apiece. Whereas my water track was fifteen points by itself. Ooh. So it, it was fun to play around with there. And then I didn't notice this when we were playing it. Well, I noticed it that towards the end. But if I had played my, I think it was technology track, and because I was playing on the other tracks, but if I played on the technology track. Because one of the rules is with if one of my pieces block another piece from going forward, I just I'm stuck there and I couldn't move that piece. Mm -hmm. If I went up on the technology track, level one allows me to jump bypass a blocked piece. Yeah. So well, I never ran into that problem just because I played smartly when it comes to that. But there was times where I got screwed over by your guys's drafts. It was like yeah. these don't work for me because <laughs> this is not helping me 
at all. Right. And so, but yeah, this game, it played quickly for one thing. Yep. Um, I Quick think game. we played it in 45 minutes to an hour, Something and that's like that. with learning the game. Mm-hmm. And the asymmetric was, it's like, even recommends, like, if it's the first time play, play the basic. And we we're all like, nah, we're experienced. And it wasn't bad. Yeah. No, it wasn't bad. Once we understood what we were going for. Yeah. 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 And, man, yeah. It was so good. I uh, To the point, I just looked down on Game Nerds and I'm probably going to pre order it for myself. Uh, Buy your copy too. <laughs> no, that was, it was a fantastic game. Like, I was genuinely easily impressed by it. Um, just all the smart. But you know what my favorite part about that game was? And it's a small little, small little thing. You have double sided cards and they're like your end game goals. So, like, it, I yeah, might yeah. have, like, I'm trying to get like six of a certain terrain type next mm-hmm. to each other. That was my end game goal. But then there's also the other side where it's a majority goal. Yeah. And those are placed in between the player the you players. The player on your left and you on the player on your right. Yeah. And then in between all the players. And they have their own little mini goal yep. that's going between every set of two players. That was awesome. Yeah, no, it was that smart because I'm like, so I'm working for this one, but I gotta pay attention to what these two are doing. Right. And I didn't pay attention very well because right. both the ones that I was going for, I had to be the the lower part on a track. I ended yep. up getting one and lost the other one to you. Because I was like, okay, I just go up this track. Oh, wait, that just put me ahead of you. Because you were racing up that track. Right. And then all of a sudden, just stop once you got to one level. And you know what's neat about that, too, is like, you're thinking, you know, it could counteract if it's like, this has to be the, I have to be the highest one on this track, but then the lowest one on this track. Yeah. That's still doable. Yeah. That's technically doable, as long as you're higher than that player and you're lower than the other player. And the thing is, it, it also it still counts. Yeah. And then you also have to pay attention to what your player board is. Like, with, for me, if it said, like, I had to be the lowest on the water track, yeah. that's not going to give me as many points being the one that's all the way up on the right. water track for me. And I'm sure there's extra levels of drafting where, like, if I'm trying to make. Or if you're trying to be the lowest of the tracks, I could push those tiles toward you where you have to place one of the two. Yeah, and right? force yourself to go up. Yeah, there's so it's so fun. It yeah, was, it was I it was a very smart game. Great puzzle. Great puzzle. Great yeah. And it's it's funny because like it, a lot of people talk about like a solar or um, multiplayer solitaire, yeah. And this kind of feels like it's that, but then towards a certain point, you have to pay attention to what other people are doing yeah. because it's like don't don't give. Because, like, towards the end of the game, I was like, depending on two distinct pieces I can get, if you don't give me those pieces, the game's over. Yeah. Because it's either the game, the tr- game in trigger either is one uh, person cannot make a legal move or uh, two stacks basically are depleted. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, if, if you don't give me one of these two pieces, the game's over. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to buy a copy as soon as I find it available. <coughs> yeah. It was, same. It was, it was really incredible good. how yeah. good it was. All right, with that being said, my last one that I want to talk about was a small, simple little card game by uh, one of your least favorite designers, even though you just don't give him enough chance, Freedom and Freeze. The, I bought this I've played a game. lot of his games. Three. I have Fast Loss, Fine Sand, uh, Futuretopia, Fear, uh, and there was one other one. And the only one I really like... like one of them. Fast Loss. <laughs> fast Loss, yeah. Um, but no, Fuji Flush, it's a simple little card game. You have the numbers 2 through 20. Oh, okay, you did play this one. Yeah, I did. I got this to the table. Uh, you shuffle up the deck, deal everybody six cards. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the lower the number, the more copies there are of it. So, um, between like the numbers uh, 16 through 20, there's only a one. And then, uh, I want to say like 13, 14, 15, there's two, and then et cetera, et cetera, down mm-hmm. to twos. So, it's a very simple game. All you're trying to do is you're trying to play a card and get rid of it. Okay. okay? Now, 
because uh, you're trying to get rid of all the cards from your hand. Yeah, yeah. So on your turn, you just simply play any card from your hand of your choice. Okay. There's no restriction of what you can and cannot play, mm-hmm. but that's that's how you play a card. You just choose a number from your hand, play it. It's not a random, your choice. Yeah. So let's say I play out of four, right? Okay. Um, if whenever anybody else plays a card, you're going to flush any numbers that are lower than that. And what that means is that, let's say you play a five after my four, right? Since my number is lower... I discard mine, and I have to draw a card to replace it back into my hand. However, if it stays around until my next turn, then I get to get rid of it, and I don't have to draw a replacement. Simple mm. as that. That's the basic of the game. Okay. Now, there's a couple other little nuances. So, like, let's say you have a 10 out. Okay. And uh, our mutual friend has a 6. If I play a 6, then our two numbers, since we're working together, technically at that point, we, we put that, they combine for that one turn. Thus making a 12 and flushing your 10. Okay. Right. So you could double up the numbers. Simple as that. So same with like if somebody else plays a third one. And now also, if it's only for that one turn. So if anybody plays a seven or higher, they would flush ours. However, if somebody scores a number and, and, and flushes it or gets rid of it the same way that you would at the beginning of your turn if it hasn't been replaced... Yeah. Everybody else with that same number also does. Hmm. So it keeps it a little bit safe for a little quicker. So it it kind of in its own way benefits you for playing cards that are similar to others and working with them to backstab them at the last second. <laughs> it's smart. It's yeah, really, no, it makes a, sense. That's it. That's the whole game. I, I taught you I'll, all the rules. I'll have simple. to try this one. Uh, but like yeah. I said, Freeman Freeze is not hitting... <laughs> He, I know, he doesn't tend to, yeah, and most of his stuff is very different. Yeah. Um, this is unlike most of his other games. Okay. But I do tend to like a lot of his games where he just has, like, a number system and, like, certain things do certain things. And that's a that's something I haven't seen before, whereas anybody who plays a higher number flushes the others. Yeah. And you're just trying to pitch all yours. So, of course, you want higher numbers, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to be able to keep it out. Yeah, it's exactly. better, but, yeah. it's, but you also can't combine them, too. Yeah. And so... Scoring combos of lower numbers kind of works. Hmm. So it's a it's a nifty little game. I liked it. That's uh, Fuji Flush by Friedman Freeze. I, I also don't really care much for his F names. Everything is what starts with his, an F. Because Friedman Freeze has the company 2F Spiel. 2F Games. No, I know That's what it means. It's just, it's annoying. <laughs> I know. I know you, you put your bias towards it, but... Uh, no, 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 I'm saying, like, Fast Loss. I mean, that's an oxymoron if I ever heard one, but right. it's and actually a decent game, and I like how it worked, because the, the sloths are basically catching rides on other animals. Right. exactly. They're super lazy. <laughs> but all the other animals have, have great ones, yeah. Yeah. And the only reason... Yeah, alliteration. But the only games that he doesn't, or that he publishes that don't have that is because they were translated. Yeah. Because all the games in German... Have the two Fs, <laughs> yeah. F-spiel names. So, yeah, I, I like his stuff. He's a mad scientist. Some th- sometimes games work, sometimes so, yeah, like they I said, don't. So, I'm thinking Fear, Fine Sand, Futuropia, Fast Loss. Power Grid. Power Grid. Yeah, that, that's the only one that is an F. Yeah. <laughs> and you haven't tried Friday yet, his solo game? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. So it was okay. Yeah, it was, it, it was decent for a, a solo game. And tough as nails. Well, right? it's tough as nails, but I ha- I play better solo games. Yeah, I mean I, that that I one's like, probably better. I like Onirum. It probably is, but I have enjoyed my time playing it for sure. I've I've played solo games where I just like after the first one, I'm like, nah, this is dumb. <laughs> well, it's but funny because I play garbage. some of these big games solo because they have a solo variant right. on them, yeah. and it's like 
Like, uh, I just recently played Ark Nova again because I showed it to the wife. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would ever pull that out for solo just no, because no the way. setup by itself is it's a not game. Worth it. no, no, it's not worth it. Yeah. No way. All right, let's jump right into the list because we've Alrighty. been talking about games that we've been playing for too long. This is going to make this list way too long. Let's get knock this let's out. Get, knock it out. Top eight racing games. We have a couple quick honorable mentions that we want to talk about. Uh, but first... Do we want to talk about our honorable mentions or the fan votes? We'll do our honorable mentions first. Okay. So let's go ahead and start off with this. Your first honorable mention, sir. So like I said, I've only played nine racing games, so I had to put uh, two honorable mentions that I want to try rather than I have played, just because this way we could flush out the podcast. Mm -hmm. First one I'm going to talk about is one we actually saw at Gamma. They were like really touting this one it was like an advertisement and talking about it a lot and i do want to try it and that's long shot the dice game yeah this one looks intriguing um it's a re-implementation of another game called long shot where it's about horse racing but you're using dice instead and they're just you know racing so the first one across the finish line wins kind of thing yeah. it looks interesting uh i do like a shorter version of some of these games so let's see what happens with this one but yeah the one I want to talk about is Longshot the Dice Game, but I don't know cool. too, too much about it other than it's one re-implementation, and I've heard really good things about it. Like, yeah. people are saying this is just blowing Longshot out of the water for them. Cool. Yeah, I do want to try this one as well. The first one I want to talk about is a very bizarre uh, racing game. You're, bas- you're racing canoes down a canyon. Okay, that that's nothing too crazy, right? So there's, there's different ways where you could, where it's, like, kind of closed off. Only, like, one person can go at a time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and standard racing blocking. The twist is, the, the catch is, because there's always a catch, this yep. is a trick-taking game where you have to predict the number of tricks you're going to take. And if you're accurate, that's the number of spots you move. Okay. So if you say, I'm going to take three tricks, and you take, and you don't take that many, like, let's say you only take one, yep. you don't get to move three spaces. You don't just go that. Okay. But if you predict... I, and I might be wrong. It might it might either be a complete stop or you get a bonus of moving um, if you predict it okay. correctly. But yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a standard trick-taking game. Nothing too crazy. But the implementation of the board in Canyon works really well. Okay, what's the game? Canyon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you said... Oh. oh, yeah, you're racing down a Canyon. It's called Canyon from... Uh, I want to say Robin's Burger. It's pretty old. Okay, yeah, I was like, wait, which game are you talking about? Yeah, that's a cool one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, one. moving to my next one is another one that I haven't played. Uh, this one's probably a little bit harder to get right now, but I do want to try this one, and it's about uh, the Iditarod, basically. It's Snow Tails, where you're, it's a dog race where you're uh, playing out, and you're going to make sure you make these curves, and you don't go too crazy. I've heard really, really good things about this game, but I just haven't been able to play it, and I want to see this either come back, or if I can find a copy in the wild just to give this a try. Like, if we ever go do another Bookman's Rum, as we call it, and I see one in the wild, I'm going to grab it. Oh, yeah, you're going to dive at it. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been really, really interested. I want to try it. I heard good things, but uh, plus dog racing. Yeah. Dog (laughs) racing. Exactly. We look, we both really like dogs, and I and especially also especially if they're TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then also because I like huskies. In fact, we have a, a husky mix in the house now Stop because bragging. I love huskies. But the dog I'm getting might be part husky for all I know. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> all right, uh, the next one I want to talk about is um, another interesting mechanism for it. You are racing in the quest for El Dorado. You're racing to the oh. Golden City. 
And it, you're a guy who, because it's a Reiner Knizia, <laughs> but it was nominated for the Spiel, and rightfully so, because it uses deck building as a racing game, as a racing mechanism, which I don't see that often. I've seen it in, like, automobiles. That's a good example. It doesn't do it well enough. This, the reason it works mm-hmm. is because the, the cards you're getting help you to go through different types of terrains. I thought automobiles was bag building. Uh, yeah, same thing, though. Yeah. Bag building, bag building, yeah, more or less. But that's, like, how many spaces you move. No, yeah, this yeah. is, you have to, in order to get through, like, a forested area, you have to play for it. You have to play your machete cards. You have to get through the different terrains. You could use, like, if you have an abundance of machete cards, you could go through the forest, but it might be not the optimal route, mm-hmm. which already puts it on a completely different list than most, because that's a really interesting decision. It's like, yeah. do I want to take the long way that I know I'm more efficient at? Yeah. Like, could that even benefit me? And it has a great catch-up mechanism, because the first one to cross over into each tile has to pay two extra movement just to get there. Okay. And so that slows down the front player giving everybody a, a legitimate chance. And then on top of that, I've noticed Reiner Knizia is doing some really interesting things with deck building now. He's finally starting to do deck building, you know, what, 15 years later after it started becoming famous. Yeah. But he always adds an interesting twist with Siege of Rundar is a good example. Mm-hmm. This one, you have like five, <laughs> five cards you can choose from to take it. And when one of those piles is depleted, because there's not many in each pile, mm-hmm. then the top row, you choose which one moves down, and then that becomes the next available. Oh, okay. So that's cool. So you, if I'm the one who empties out a pile, I get to choose what's most advantageous to me. And I just joke about Reiner Knizia games. Um, I've enjoyed... Tw- to come around. To I've enjoyed two of them so yeah. far that i played. I haven't played a lot, so... Yeah. Uh, but I, they're pretty good. I like, a Siege of Rundar was good. I wouldn't consider Siege, Siege of Rundar as a deck builder. I get why it's considered a no. deck builder, but you're not really... No, it's crafting. <laughs> it's more That's crafting. He always does something very interesting. Yeah. With, with, with It's not just a standard build up a big a big deck that is, you know, yeah. ready to punch people. You know, it's like... No, no, I get it, yeah. Yeah, it's not generic. He does a really neat because, twist to it. Because, I mean, technically you are deck building because you're adding more to the deck, right. but every round you're dropping two out, so... Right, exactly. So you might not even see them. Yeah. yeah that's the twist, right? But, well, with that being said, let's talk about our audience's add-ons. Oh, uh, well, I thought we were talking about three honorable mentions. Oh yeah, we got one more. Huh? Forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, my last one here. Uh, my last one is uh, Rush and Bash. If uh, same, same here. <laughs> number one, Rush and Bash. Uh, Chaos said it earlier. Like Mario Kart. This is Mario, Mario Kart, Kart board game. game. Yeah, hands down. This is the only one other one I've played is yes. Rush and Bash. Yeah. Now it's a great game. I liked it. I used to own it, but it just never got played a lot. Um, yeah. There's multiple copies in my group. I have a buddy who has a version of it. Yep. You have it. Um, so, like, literally, uh, a buddy of mine has uh, Angel has his copy. You have a copy, so I don't need to keep a right. third. Uh, exactly. But yeah, this one, a bunch of shenanigans, you're racing, mm-hmm. you get stuff to help you win the game by playing traps on for other racers and yep. stuff like that. It you is have items, yeah, that you can like launch across, you have real simple stuff. Yeah. Your card is really just like do an action and then move a number of spaces. Yeah. So if you don't lay want... down a trap if you can. Right, exactly. <laughs> it works really smoothly. Mm-hmm. And I like I like it some um, because we all know that uh, Mario Kart has uh, rubber banding for the yeah. players, so it helps out the players who are further in back. Yeah. This does the same thing. You have red and green cards, mm-hmm. and you're drawing red cards if you're ahead because they're not as powerful as green, green cards. Green cards, yep. Green cards, if you're further back, you get to draw these in your hand. You only play one of your three cards, boom. You start rocketing forward because of that, mm-hmm. but you don't want to do it too late because there's a little bit of balance. You want to like try yeah. and 
equal that out so you're not like jumping too ahead. Too yeah, too far ahead, and then you have to start getting red cards, and right. that can drop you back. Yeah, exactly. It works really well, but I I like it. It, it works like it never. It actually works in a board game, honestly. Yeah, rubber banding is is a great solution to snowball. Mm-hmm. The snowballing effect is way worse in a board game. Yeah, because then it completely takes people. Out, out of, of the it. game, yeah. I'd rather people win unfairly than be eliminated long, like halfway through the game and have to wait. And wait until every time. everything, yeah. No, I get it. Uh, I do dig this game. I do enjoy it. I do need to get played again. Yeah. I, I, I'll uh, bring it over sometimes. Yeah, but Russian Bash, that was my number one. Apparently yeah. you're number one. That's right. <laughs> so, honorable mentions. Uh, the first one was posted by Xavier. He put Flamme Rouge, which is a game that neither of us have played, but we've so we both like saw it. Like, you almost you thought about buying it. I thought about it, but I also have Umreifenbreit, and that is a bike racing game, and I have not played it yet. Yeah, no, I get it because both of us looked at it and like we're going to be talking about racing games, but no. <laughs> maybe you know maybe that's what I'll do on my game day is I'll just bring a bunch of Spiel winners that I haven't played yet. There you go. That's not a bad idea, honestly. All right, the next one added was by Lorraine, and she added Robo Rally. I haven't played this one. It's so dumb, but so fun. Richard Garfield, it's absolute chaos. Yeah, I agree with what uh, Tom Vassell says. What you should do, put two boards together, only play with the part that's in the middle of the two boards. <laughs> Never play with more than that. It would take way too long. It will take too long. Mm-hmm. Um, because every round you're programming like five steps, super fun, bouncing around, trying to push people out of the way. I think our friend Jim's whole strategy was just to push me into like walls and tracks and just, <laughs> just be a jerk about it. And it was, and it was Man, effective. I, honestly, I would not want to play this game with Jim just because it's a programming <laughs> He's game. Good. He's good at it. And man, you, you hate people after it, but I'm glad I finally got my copy played. <laughs> and then the last one that was added was by Amos, and that was at, that was uh, Thunder Alley, which, um, yep, I know what it is. I know what it is. I, Never, never played, played it. In all honesty, there was racing. I've never been a huge fan of racing games, whether it's video game or board game, until a few of these that I've played. I'm like, right. those are good. Yeah, they're really fun. Let's see what the comments said. Uh, we have a few comments. Uh, Jai says, can only vote what I've played and enjoyed. Do want to try Rallyman, though. <laughs> no, Justin said, Camel Up is a lot of fun, but the newest version makes it even more luck-driven. Been wanting to try Downforce. I'd like to see a comparison of the two. And Jimmy Smith says the real Hair and Tortoise game is way better than the 80 Days remake. So when I put the poll up, I put Hair and Tortoise. Right. Because that's the uh, the Spiel de Jaris winner. That's the one that actually right. came up here. But I also put in parentheses Around the World in 80 Days because that's a reimplementation, right. And newer gamers may only know it as that. Right, exactly. And so we did count this as 2 and 1 even though they had separate board game geek mm-hmm. entries. Um, and and you and I have only played uh, around, around the world in eighty days. Yeah, but it is a reimplementation. It's a little more streamlined, from what I understand. And yeah. So that's the one we're going to argue. So any differences that are between the two, if you're an old school gamer and you know the differences, cool, awesome. Feel free to correct us in the comments below. That's fine. But we're going to be arguing based on around the world, the world in eighty days, days because again, that's the one we played. But I completely agree that I like I like the game a lot, even though he says. Hair and Tortoise is better than, than the remake. The remake was fantastic. Yeah, the remake was great. Um, and this also might just be like uh, the people with the, the nostalgia goggles and stuff sure. like that. Because I, from what people who I've heard play it, uh, the, the both games, yeah. they say Around the World just streamlines it better. Yeah. So. Exactly. All so, right. Let's get into this debate. 
All right, uh, we're going to talk about the games in our top eight racing games. We haven't even mentioned what games there are. That's right. Uh, number one seed, Camel Up. Versus our number eight seed, Heron Tortoise, or Around Round the World in 80 Days, which is what we're arguing today. Yep, our number two seed, Downforce. Versus our number seven seed, Steampunk Rally. Going up against or, or our number three seed, Pitch Car. We're used to being second on Yeah. This. Going up against our number five seed, Jamaica. No. You must have Oh, no. First, our number six seed, Formula D. <laughs> yeah. Our number right. four seed, Kubitos? Kubitos? Kubitos. Kubitos? Versus our number five seed, for real this time, <laughs> Jamaica. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what are you reading over there? <laughs> I just don't have it bracketed, that's all. Yeah. All right. uh, so, with that being said... Let's talk about how we rank these real quick. You've heard this a million times before. I know I'm trying to rush us to it, but no. really, th- this is what we base off of. We base it off of five different criteria. Each of these criteria have three sub-criteria that we will get into as they come up. But really, ease of play, how easy it is to get the game to the table and how easy it is to play with the mechanisms. Replay value, which is... Uh, length of time and scaling well, minimum number of plays and expandability. Meaningful choice, how you impact strategies, either yours or somebody else's. Game immersion, does it fit the category the best or the theme matching the mechanism the best? Player interaction and memorable moments. And art and production. Art, game pieces, graphic design, you know how it works. As well as if we can't come up with a decision, that's why you got to pay attention to our poll on the Board Game Revolution uh, Facebook group. That is our tiebreaker. All right. Whatever's higher moves on. Exactly. So let's get down into this. As always, I pull up the Coin of Doom. We flip that. Whoever side it lands on, they are going to be the first to argue. When I pull it out of the Cup of Doom. That's right. So our first one between Camel Up and Hare and Tortoise or Around the World in 80 Days. Daniel, I'll be starting our argument. You get Hare and Tortoise Around the World in 80 Days. All right. So this is worth pointing out. Out of all eight games on our list, these are the two Spiel winners. (laughs) Yes, they are. Now, I will say... Camel up. I normally don't like to start on negative, but everyone was sure Splendor was going to win that game. <laughs> oh yeah, that everyone was a was shock. Sure of it, and it was it was definitely a surprise. Heron Tortoise, though, however, was the first Spiel de Jar winner, so it was released before that time. And, and 1973. Later, the 19, yep, 1973, and that was uh, I want to say 1970 something. I forget exactly when it was released, but regardless. It won this, the very first Spiel de Jar. Oh, you're talking about the Heron Tortoise? Heron Tortoise was released in 73. Yeah. I think the first Spiel was 77. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's only been like 41 or 42. So, Around the World in 80 Days was the Purple Brain re-implementation, a remake of it. Um, gorgeous. Yeah, it was also by Yellow. Yellow, yeah, I was Yellow helped work with Purple yeah, Brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're the ones who make the book series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they re-implemented as Around the World in 80 Days, different theme. Which same works. general idea, yeah, um, where what you're trying to do is you're trying to move ahead to certain spots by playing, uh, in this, uh, Franks, and the original was Carrots. Um, you're trying to move around the board and be the first one to make it around the board by a, within, uh, I think, a five-point exact count. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to be under, like, you got to have, like, under ten coins, guaranteed. What makes it cool is that you are using those francs to to pay for how far you move forward, which is a lot more efficiently than uh, the farther you move on your turn, exponentially it gets more expensive. Like moving one space is one. Moving two spaces is three coins. Okay. Moving three spaces is six, up to like 285 spaces or something weird like that. 
like or 80, 285 coins to move like 50 spaces. Mm-hmm. There's a big jump. It, it ramps up exponentially. And it has a chart, so it's not too crazy. So that we don't have to like figure it out in your head. But it has a pretty significant chart there for it. Now, the way the game works, though, is if you're running low on money, a lot of the spots will get you money based on either your placement, based on kind of a random thing. If you land on a space that has the number two, if you're in second place, you get 20 francs or something like that. Yeah. Um, Or you can also move back to a certain point and you get like 10 coins for every space you move back. So it's a really smart, like mathematical figuring out how to go exactly right back to the correct number of spaces, how to move forward, you know, more expensively than, you know. And you might even get to the point where you're, like, in the last third of the board, and you're like, wait a minute, I need to start moving less efficiently to spend my money to make sure I get there correctly. I ended up working it out. I was very proud of myself, and it was one of those stand-up moments that when I was playing this with a group, mm-hmm. I moved exactly, like, 30 spaces and paid, like, 200-something francs. And then winning because of that. Like, and I moved exactly, and I had yeah. zero money at, as soon as I moved. I remember. It was real, but it was such, it, that was one of those victories where you weren't just happy because you won. I was happy because I was able to work out the right situation, going against everybody else's strategy, planning yeah. out the, the correct move, and then it succeeding. My plan worked exactly perfectly. Talk about games that you plan for for your future strategy. Yeah, this, this is one, pinnacle, yeah. right? The, other than, like, maybe chess. <laughs> this is up there. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get the argument with the random. There are some random events that happen. Not as much as in Camelot, though. <laughs> yeah, not as much as in Camelot, but there is, some, there is some shenanigans that could happen. Yeah, yeah. But with that being said, I mean, I hate to say it, I like both of them. I think I, I like one more like than the other. One more than the other. I like one over the other. Yeah. Uh, I, the one I have to argue is probably one of my least favorites on there. I had to actually pull it up. It's been a while since I've actually played yeah. this game, so I had to go like a quick reminder how it works. And the main thing about it is, yes, it is a racing <laughs> game, but the big part of this uh, camel up is more about the bids. The yeah. earlier you bid on which camel is actually going to win the game, is the possibility for you to get more points. The way the camels move are basically that really cool pyramid in the middle. Yeah, but it's it's because of the dice. Whatever dice comes out is what's going to happen. Where they're going to have D threes in it. Too, yeah, so so it's quite interesting how it works. I love a lot of the stuff that it does. There's just the the, the stacking <laughs> annoys me because it does. Is it, see, I quite like that. But is it the stacking the opposite of like most stacking games? Like the one on top is the leader, but it's actually the one at the bottom because he got there first is the leader. Uh, no, it's different because the the way the stacking works specifically. Is that the one on the bottom is the leader, and that's because it is carrying the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just... why it's like it's technically doing all the hard work. Camels don't do that. No, of course, <laughs> of course they don't. They don't stack. Doesn't Car- make sense. Rabbits don't spend carrots to race in a circle either. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, but that's, that's an Aesop t- uh, tale. There, this, there's actual camel races that you can go to see. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, but th- but can you imagine if they did stack? <laughs> like how amazing. No, no, no. Technically, ridiculous. they can stack. You just don't want your kids seeing it. <laughs> That's a race nobody wants. To <laughs> yeah, so it's it's an interesting game. I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I'm not a huge fan of it compared to like others. Um, I remember the time we played it. And this is the first version, not the second edition. Right. Uh, you, myself, 
our wives played the original yeah. Camel Up. And you were the only one at the table that actually enjoyed the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all about the betting. Like, the earlier you bet, yeah, the see, more I don't chance that part. you yeah. have to lose. And I do like the, the stacking of it, how shenanigan that can be. Because if you move a red camel on top of, like, say, the blue camel, yeah. and then the blue camel moves, it takes it, everything, everything with it. Yeah. And so the, the amount of movement that it does, that is a common occurrence where, where, other, where others will carry yeah. other other ones and so you have the ability to modify it a little bit yeah you, have the, you can either roll it or bet or whatever and it works really well and how it works it, it's it's interesting how it works but as my, far as the better game but the thing is you mentioned it earlier uh, where is around the world in 80 days you have to think about right. your strategy you can't really strategize in this one you just have to right. you kind of have some information that's why you can place your bet and where you think is going to happen the earlier you do you're going to get your points but it's all dependent upon what comes out of the the pyramid. Right. So you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Whereas in around the world in eighty days, all that information is pretty much out there. Yeah. You have Way some, yeah, you have stuff that are hidden, basically. But your money's there, so everybody knows how much money you have. Right. So, like you said, you were able to use all your money to get yourself to finish. Exactly. So it just it's, it's it's information that's out there. So I honestly think Around the World in 80 Days is a better game because it's more of a game. I I don't disagree with you. I do think it is the better of the two games. Um I those breakout moments when you when you really plan out mm -hmm. how everyone affects each other by their positioning, it's it's really an impressive feat, honestly, and I'm surprised this hasn't been sought after more since mm -hmm. it's. I have. I'm surprised it hasn't been reprinted, like as tort or hair and tortoise yeah. in the United States. Because there's something really, really uh, impressive about it that was made back in the '70s, and it's that legitimately good of a strategy game. My thing is, I like uh, the Around the World in 80 Days because I'll, I've read the Jules Byrne book. I yeah. really enjoy. Um, I actually watched the Jackie Chan version of the movies too. So. Yeah, there is a Jackie Chan Around the World in 80 Days movie. He's kind of like okay. a helper thing, but it's it's quite intriguing. It wasn't bad. Uh, but it's it's just a better game in my estimation. It because is. I agree. What Camel Up does, another game implements it better. Which is? When it comes to like the betting side of it. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, we'll get to that. So, yeah. Yeah, so we agree. Around the World in 80 Days moves on. Yep. All right, so that brings us to our next round, Downforce versus Steampunk Rally. I feel bad for whoever has to <laughs> argue one of these. Yeah. You'll be arguing first. All right, so I just need to get these all together. This yeah. one stays. This one's trashed. And Are you happy about that? No. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah, it's probably my least favorite racing game on this list. Camel Up? Yeah. 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 I get downforce. Okay. That's good. <laughs> because I barely remember Steampunk. And it's funny. I we played Steampunk more, more yes. recently. I already knew you were going to say that. Because I'm the same way and I remember less of Steampunk also. <laughs> okay, so downforce is by far, and I'm going to try to take my bias out of this, is my favorite racing game. When we did, like, exception to the role, this was my exception to the role. Sure. Now, I've played more racing games that actually fit my style better than I like to, but Downforce is just an amazing game. Uh, Restoration did an amazing job with this right. re-implementation. Yeah. It used to be a Michael different... Michael Keesling? I believe so. It's one of the two. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, what Downforce does, like I said about um, the betting aspect, this is the sure. game that implements the betting better. So you're going to get a car. Uh, there's going to be a bid in the very beginning of the game. You're going to bid to buy a car to get a driver ability. You could buy multiple cars, but everybody's at least going to get one. But you're not worried about your car as much. Yeah, you're right. going to get points if your car wins, but then sure. you're also going to bet. Uh, depending on uh, different lines on the racetrack. Yeah. Once they reach a certain point, you're going to say, okay, this is the one I think is more likely to win. Okay, this is the one I think is more likely to win. When right. it gets to a second point, because what's going to happen is you're going to have a deck of cards, and everybody's going to play the cards, but you don't just move your car. You're going to move everybody's card. It's based in the, the a line. So whatever car is the highest is moving the furthest, and you get to determine how it goes. So you right. can block it behind other people or block sections. Be like, no, I'm going to make sure my yellow card can get through here right. around other people's, like the blue and the red card. So I'm going to I'm moving the red card the fastest, but I'm going to use it to block this lane. This way my yellow card gets up there. It's going to bottleneck lanes, and everybody else is going to get stuck behind it. Yep. So there's a lot of strategy when you're doing playing out your cards. Plus, you can use your driver ability, I think it's once per game, and they do certain abilities. So, one be like, you can play it from the opposite end. So, you could, because you have to go from top to bottom, there's one ability where you can play it from the bottom to top. Right. And so, I like it, because even if my car's not winning, I'm still in the game because of what my bets. Because whoever makes the most money at the end of the game wins. Right. The way you get your money is based on your bets. How much you spent in the beginning of the game. So you could spend all your money, get uh, the cars that you want and the powers you want. You could still lose the game because you spent way too much money in the beginning. Right. You have to be very strategic about how you're, you're betting you're bi- or you're bidding. Then you're betting and wh- how your car places. So if your car places in first place, you get a bonus. If this is the one you're betting on, you get more of a bonus. And all that money you accrued gets deducted from what you spent at the beginning of the game. Whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins. Very simple. Very quick. I've played. This plays up to like six people, I think, mm-hmm. with uh, the expansions yeah. too. And it just it goes gangbusters every time I show this game. Yeah. I mean, I, I do remember very fondly playing it, and I bought a copy soon after because mm-hmm. I did quite like it. I have not played my copy yet. Um, my biggest argument, and you and you kind of made a perfect example of it. I feel like racing games should be about the racing Race. part yep. of it. No, I and don't that's disagree. That's the biggest argument I have against Downforce is that, yeah, uh, you. You're right. You just because your car isn't winning doesn't mean you're not going to win, mm-hmm. right? And that's a really great idea, and it works well. And the betting works, and it's fun, and it's enjoyable. But it takes away from the, yeah, like the, that you, the you're actually racing. doing the race. I feel like when you're playing a racing game, it should feel like there's adrenaline. You're you you have one goal in mind, and that's that line, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm saying this not. To promote Steampunk Rally, because that has even less of <laughs> yeah. what that is. I'm saying that because I do think, first off, Downforce should go on. But I will argue Steampunk Rally, because I think what it does... It's actually really smart. I, I think, personally, it shouldn't be in this list. I agree. It's it's about a race, yes, technically. But you're building Steampunk engine racing vehicles, and it's about how efficiently you can make these engines using the dice... Mm-hmm working the different machines that are just attached together and technically 
getting points and yeah, as you're going and you right. your 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 things can go really crazy about the card placement and stuff right. like that. And I say this because I do feel very strongly in this first round that if a game doesn't give you a sense of actual racing, mm -hmm. it shouldn't be on this list, even though it's technically ranked high enough for this. Yeah. With that being said, I think easily Downforce moves on. I agree with you. Uh, the big thing about Steampunk Rally, though, it's more about building your cars and yeah. doing the stuff that you're doing more so than the race. The race exactly. is a small part. Well, at least in Downforce's case, the race yeah, is still a big still a race. There, there's yeah. a big part of it too yeah. because you get a lot of money if your car is the one that wins. Right. But you could still get uh, a chance yeah. to win even if your car is not moving well because remember I mentioned things can get bottlenecked. Right. Exactly. And if your car is not moving because everybody's blocking you or they're just not touching your car at all right. based on their cards. Which is strategic racing. Yeah, right? it's strategic. You still have a chance to at least play the game. Right, exactly. So that's why I think Downforce moves on. Easy pick. Uh, which moves us on to our next round. Rank number three, Pitch Car versus Formula D, our sixth rank. And Daniel, you'll be starting us off as well. Now, I know, like, I made that argument. I'm going to bring this up right now while you're getting set up. Mm -hmm. These are the two games that I feel it's most pure like racing. race. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Heron Tortoise definitely feels like a race. You win if you win. I get Pitch Car? I'm okay. starting? Yep. Okay. Well, I'll get Pitch Car. So, Pitch Car is up there in one of my favorite racing games. And this is the one where I said Down First was the longest one, and then I played some of these other ones. Yeah. This is another one that just really jumped up at me, and that's Pitch Car. Now, what I will say about Formula D before I get going, mm -hmm. that by far is probably the best pure racer yes. in this category. I'm not going to deny that fact. Yeah. Just because of the way the dice work. But going to pitch car, this is probably the most fun out of all the games in this list because right. <laughs> yeah. But the the dexterity aspect of it already makes it fun because you're basically just shooting little pebbles around racetracks and you can build like these crazy bit racetracks depending on what you're doing. So we played the basic figure eight track and you're basically just flicking a piece, trying to bounce it off walls. If it falls off the board, you have to bring it onto the board where you originally flicked. So this kind of slows you down a little bit. If you flick it too hard and it flips over its side, your whole next turn is you have to flip your car yeah. over. And then that's nothing. That, yeah. So it's just, it, is pure shenanigans because you're like i don't want to flick it too hard but i want to also try to flick it where i can use it into the bankment stuff like right. that to help go around this turn there's tracks where you have to flick it hard enough where it can do a jump or you have this to me is a dexterity version of hot wheels in a sense yeah. because the craziness that you could do with the tracks and i've seen some of the I was at Dice Tower West 2019 when they had a pitch car tournament there, oh, yeah. and some of the tracks that they made there was some loop de loops and some jumps and these were massive. They were taking like eight tables up for the entire track. It is just literally look like match car uh, tracks out there, and it just it reminded me of my uh, youth when playing with the the racing tracks and stuff like that, uh, the toys. And so this gives you that fill, and it's probably one of the simplest game on the list because you're just flicking your yeah, thing across the track. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for me, I, I love Pitch Car a lot. I think this is one of the, like I said, Formula D is the pure racing game. Yes. Pitch Car is the pure fun game. Right, absolutely. So Formula D, I'm going to argue for that because I've owned the old one, Formula Day, yeah. D-E, uh, but I have played the, the newer one as well. You're right. What it does 
differently than everything else is that it has gear shifting, mm-hmm. which um, is I haven't seen any like I've seen gears like you change gears and stuff in other racing games, yeah, but it does not do it anywhere near like this because all you have to do simply is you're just racing your car by rolling a die and moving that number of spaces. What makes it different is that there is polyhedral dice. So um, you have a D4, then a D6, a D8, 10. I think there's a 10. There might, it might jump up to a 12 automatically, then a 20, and then even a D30. Yeah. And when you roll those, when you change gear, you can either shift it up down, up one or down one. Yeah. Beginning of your turn, then roll a die, and then move. Simple as that. But the big catch about that... The catch is if you take a turn too fast, you're going to get injured, right? If you yeah. have any injuries, you're done, pretty much. And so the way you mitigate that is by shifting down with enough time that you can do that. My only problem with it, and this is... And it makes it actually makes sense, but at the, at the time I didn't like it mm-hmm. when I used to own this, and this is why I didn't care for it, is that when you shift... Uh, yes, you're rolling a D20, for example, right? Yeah. But it's not the one numbers 1 through 20. Mm-hmm. It's like 15 through 25. Yeah. And there's like two copies of each. Like, that's the kind of thing it does. It's like it, it has the numbers within the correct range, but the actual polyhedral dice aren't just those numbers. You have to roll one that's based off. So you in a D20, you might get like no higher or no lower than a 15. Mm-hmm. And so... You could, like, guarantee a crash if you really just play wrong. Um, so, like, I, when I first found that out, yes, it takes le- it takes more random out of it, which is a, a good thing for the game. It makes it more strategic and less beholden to the dice. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of less fun. It's, it's a yeah. little less chaos. So it's a hard time for me to argue that. First, but secondly, the art in it, phenomenal. The mm. track's really good. Really good. Everything yeah. makes sense. In the newer version, the gear shifting, like the actual, you have a piece of cardboard and a peg that actually yeah. shifts. It tells you what die you move. Fantastic. Yeah. Right? All of the pieces, the components in this, I think personally, the component pieces and components are better than Pitch Car. And this is the only game I would say that about in this category. Yeah. Just because I like the art that's on it. They've based maps off of different countries. It. It's it's technically not as expandable as it, but it, it's a hard knock between it. I would say just because of that one little random, oh, well, you know, this, this light luck with what die you roll, mm-hmm. like when you gun it, I think that lowers it slightly less than pitch card to me. Okay. But, well, just do a quick, simple over a category just to see, just to help us in the chance of moving it on. Okay. Ease of play, pitch card. Pitch card. Uh, replay value. Both. Yeah, both yeah, are. Yeah, they're both infinitely scalable. More meaningful choice in Formula D. Formula D, yep. Uh, game immersion, uh, sorry. That, well, that, that goes into, well, both of them feel immersive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This one's tough I'll for watch. me. So you're saying art and production for but Formula D. No meaningful choice, I can't give that to Formula D because I feel dexterity, like we've, we've done this before. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that. I feel like dexterity is automatically, like, unless it's, like, a random dexterity, like, throwing something, like, flicking a disc is a highly skilled ability up there with strategy. Okay, I... So, I can see that. I'm going to watch. <laughs> okay. Game immersion. Uh, 
Ooh. Probably pitch car. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, probably Because we get into that game a lot when we right. played it. So. And then art and production is, yeah. Okay. Art and production is. So uh, pitch car is moving on. Yep. Pitch car moves on. Okay. I was not expecting that. Just because of the, the pure racing, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it, I mean, it, it personifies exactly what we're arguing today. Yep. So, our next one, and last one for the first round. Jubitos yeah, and Jamaica. Jamaica. I know which one I would prefer to go move on. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. arguing first. All right. So, I got to trash this one and move this one out of the way. Okay. And you, at the Cup of Doom, are getting Cubitos. Okay. So, remember how I said earlier about uh, deck building being used or bag building? Mm. This does it, and it does it really well. Yeah. From one of our favorite designers, John DeClaire, there's a reason, because he took a simple premise, used uh, different sided dice, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. And all you have to do is roll all your dice and roll at least one of the symbols. But that's after you've already rolled three. Mm -hmm. So, there's no bad turn, there's just less good turns, right? Yeah. And so, but all of your choices, what you don't use, stays in your ready pile for the next turn. Um, there's a little bit of convolution with that, but it, it does make sense what you're trying to do. Is that's just basically that's the same as how which cards you keep in your hand for your next turn. Yeah. What you didn't roll, anything you do use goes into your into your um, playing pile. You move the different animals or use their abilities accordingly. What I love about this game is that there is 56 cards in it. Meaning every single one of the eight different uh, player or dice types that you mm -hmm. have has like seven different versions. Yeah, yeah. And there's multiple different setups for how to play it. Or you could just shuffle them up and then just play one of these. Like, yeah. it's, it's absolute chaos. I love it. All of the dice work really well. Some have more faces than others. Some have like little battle things where it's like, well, whoever has the most of the swords gets a little bonus. But then you get you lose those dice. Everybody who is part of those, mm -hmm. or whoever won, gets rid of those. Um, there's certain ones that are just safer. Certain ones that let you get other dice better. They all have their own little quirks. The art is crazy adorable. The pieces are fantastic. I just wish the board was a little bigger. But that's my only qualm. With yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, the board was an issue for me. Um, I did like it a lot, though. Right. Uh, I remember w winning that one just because right. you guys were all trying to go to those different spots to get extra stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go in the inner yeah, track. You just fast as you can. <laughs> hope for the best. Keep running. And so, yeah, my only thing about this is it can be lucky at times because you yeah. have to be sure. – because it's dice rolling. Yeah. And that's the big thing. And there's not a lot of chance to mitigate it either. Right. The only right. mitigation is which dice you're going to be rolling. Well, so you, you draw those at random, or no, you choose which ones come from your hand and which ones you're going to be rolling. What I like about it, though, is that you can't ever bust unless you have three or more dice ready. Yeah, so yeah, So yeah. you always get the option to move on your turn. And yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. just like, like in like a deck builder where you draw ten or draw five cards and like, oh, these are all garbage. My turn is just a bust. Right? Yeah. You don't ever do that. That's the mitigation. But then also on top of it, even if you bust, though, you go higher in the fan track, which gives you extra little bonuses. Yeah, yeah. For for mitigating. No, it like, does things really well. It's yeah. just the the dice. Just because of the luck of the roll. Yeah. Uh, the reason it. why I, I run the race is because I got a lot of feet, and yeah. then like some people were trying the same strategy I was, and they just yeah. were rolling blanks. Yeah. So it's just eh, yeah. when it's, it comes to Jamaica. 
when when it comes to Jamaica, you're basically just pirates uh, racing around the Jamaica area, trying to right. get as much treasure as you possibly can, be the first one to finish, and count up your gold. But what I like about Jamaica, and not really good for like when it, going to the racing category, is that you could fight other players in this game. Right. If you would, fun. yeah, when you land in a space with another player, you could trigger a fight, and whoever has the most cannons can it basically ends up victory. And you can only hold so much. I like this too. The so much stuff in your space. So if you have a cannon, that takes up a whole section. Right. If you have treasure, that takes up whole sections because you know you're in a ship. You don't have a lot of space. Right. So I like a lot of that. Does and it does feel racy. It does have that. There is that aspect. Yeah. But honestly, it's not the best racing game. No. Um, my, I have two qualms against. My only thing with Jamaica, if we were doing a pirates category, it would fit yep, that yep. in. Absolutely. <laughs> when it comes to race, eh. yeah. No, my my two qualms against it is uh -huh. that um, first off, if if you and me get in a fight, and and you have more cannons than me, then I get hurt. I go back to the last skull spot. Yeah. Well, if there's somebody else there, that's another fight. fight. Yep. And so you can get bounced backwards like all the so way back. Much, and that's the one issue I had with it. Not too. be holding to yourself. But then the other thing is, and you, and I think you forgot about this and, and thing. Whenever you pick up things like say more cannon or um or more or coins or whatever, you can't put it in the uh, where you had. Yeah, you have to either put it in an empty spot or replace something entirely. <laughs> yep. Meaning that if I have I if I have a spot that has. If I have a bunch of good stuff, I'm like, I don't want to get rid of it. And I have a spot that has, like, two coins and I get, like, five coins. I only gain three coins, coins yep. because of that. Because I'm replacing the two. Yeah, I, I remember that. That's, I mean, it functionally in the game, it's necessary. It makes sense. But it's, like, how does that work in, in thematic? That takes you out of the theme. Mm -hmm. But another thing, yeah, another thing that I found out about this game is most of the times when we're talking about expansions, they make the game better. Everything I've heard about the expansion for Jamaica, they tell you not to buy it just because. <laughs> As a proud owner of the expansion, I have yet to buy it. <laughs> they and I think we should try it just to see what see everyone's, everyone's talking about. about yeah, and it doesn't look that bad. Honestly. No, but uh, like I said, fine. it just it. They say it makes the game more convoluted than right. it has to be unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah. So for me personally, I think Ubuntu should move on. I think it's a better game. Don't I get agree. me wrong, Jamaica's not bad. It's just not great compared to. When it, when it comes to that pure racing. Yeah, I completely agree 100%. So Cubitos moves on. So that was it for our quarterfinals. Daniel, we're going to pull up the Facebook poll here in a bit, and let's talk about what percentages <laughs> yeah. of votes did each of our <gasps> limited games get. Yeah, it's still uh, bothersome for me. So our first <laughs> elimination was Camelop. At least it's easy to find nowadays. Camelop was at 22%, and I believe, yep, that was, that was our highest. highest vote getter, yep. and it got eliminated. There was a reason why it was number one on BGG, yep. too. There was only one game that ranked above it in the racing category on board. And BGG, I haven't played it. And that was Quest for El Dorado. All right, so the next one eliminated was Steampunk Rally, yep. and it got 5% of the votes. Mind you, right now we're sitting at 18, 18 votes. votes. Again, we That's probably about one. Yeah, the, the thing is with us that with this one, we try to let it sit for more. Um, we had to put the thing up because we're yeah, we filming ahead. About a day. Yeah. yeah. All right. The next one eliminated was Formula D, which was our sixth seed, and it was sitting at sixteen percent. So probably three votes. It was our second best vote getter so far. Okay. 
And finally, Jamaica was eliminated by Kubutos recently, and it was sitting at 5% of the vote. Thank God we didn't go to a tiebreaker. Right? That would have been awkward. Yep. All right. So now going into the semifinals. We have number two, Downforce, going against number eight, Around the World in 80 Days. All right. Let us begin. Daniel, you'll be starting this argument today. Oh, yay. Honestly, I know which one I want to win. I know. But they're both really good games. And one's more strategic than the other. Hands down. And (laughs) I get downforce. So, everything I mentioned in the last uh, part of it, downforce does really well. It gives you the racing fill, but allows you to still still be in a chance to win the game. Even if your car is not doing well. That's the best part of it. And the thing about downforce, too. If you think about when it comes to car racing, that makes sense because you're you're um, you're someone who owns the car, mm-hmm. but you're still gambling. You're yep. still betting on if other cars are racing. This way, you're still making money. Right. It happens. Um, Insider trading. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much, it happens. Yeah. So if I was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Let me tell you how many games I would have thrown. I will just say this: to bet on others. Uh, downforce. Well, not not the drivers. <laughs> well, I mean, you're driving the car. You're you're not technically. Who goes uh, where. You're choosing who goes where. That's all right. driving. All right. So, uh, art and production. It's the prettier of the two games. Uh, don't get me wrong. Around the world, the eighty game, eighty days is pretty, but it's yeah. it's more you know contrast. It's like black the, and white. The art is better. Mm. Barely. Yeah. But the production is far better in Around the World in eighty days. Mm. Oh, yes. Well, that's also when you're thinking about, like, Kickstarter versus a game that actually just came into production. This wasn't a Kickstarter. Around the World of Days was not a Kickstarter. I thought it was a Kickstarter. Not that I know of. No, it was a Kickstarter, because our mutual friend got it off a Kickstarter. Okay. I didn't. Uh, But either way... I was like, I, it wasn't specifically made for Kickstarter. I don't think. I think they were planning on it regardless. But I'll look it up. But I, I, also, I was, I swear it was a Kickstarter because my friend was talking about it for so. Our, our game either head way, game. yeah. Either way, I still think the production is better. I like Downforce production better. It's more colorful. It's easier to read. Well, the art, yeah, I'll give it Downforce. Well, but the graphic the design too. Now the graphic design is is brilliant on. Mm. It's around the world is super clear. Yeah, it's clear, but all it's, the spaces make sense. It even it even has. I don't know that iconography like took a little on purpose. The, you know, the like iconography, the iconography was a little much. Old timey newspapers. Those are the events. Yeah. Like, come on, no, I I can't give you. Art I can't product. give you art we'll, production we'll get into it after. Afterwards. But uh, I, one, I think it's a very beautiful game. It's colorful. You can actually pick up a smaller version of this game in Target now. Uh, cool. They, yeah, no, I think that's amazing. Yeah, no, it is. It's yeah, doing it is well. Um, there's, there's meaningful choice. It's not going to win meaningful choice, but there is a lot of good choices <laughs> in um, Downforce. It's not going to win it. I don't know admit that. Expandability, it's going to win that one because it <laughs> it scales very well and for the time. Around the world, the nitty days is a long game. We played it in an hour and a half. I can probably get two games of downforce in that time. <laughs> it's not my time to argue yet. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, I do, and the expandability uh, on its own will beat uh, Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah. 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 That. It's easier to play than Around the World in 80 Days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just think downforce is the better game. And by our criteria, it's actually winning. 
Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's tied so far. So ease of play, yeah, I give you that. And replay value, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, around the world in 80 days. The reason I think it wins art in production is that... Because you... Cards, no, 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 the, the no cards, accounting for taste, I know. No, the cards... <laughs> was, had to happen, right? The cards are not colorblind friendly. Uh, downforce. They're bright colors, yes, but they're just a color bar. I can see the colors. No problem. They're, yep. they're, they're pretty colorblind friendly. They're, they're bright, I'll give you that, but there's no symbology that specifies what it is. No, no, but, yeah, no, I get that. It, it's not, like, moves through, whatever. it's it, not it's, perfect by any means, but it's also one of the first there, ones I did. And there's no, and mind no you, graphic design. The, the only thing about around the, uh, around the World 80 Days when it comes to colorblind friendly is because everything's black and white. No, it's not black and white. It's pretty much black and white. It, it's like, it, yeah, it's sepia tone because it's trying to play into that old-timey feel, of course. But it's not. All the spaces all right. have their own color. The only problem with the sepia tone, my colorblindness, I already see it, sepia. It doesn't but do any good. You the colors for it to matter. Where if I'm looking at a tiny little card, I'm going, wait, is that blue or purple? You know, wait, which one? Because the colors don't match the cards either. They don't. The cards are not that bright and they're tiny. There's, that's a problem. Man, that you have not played this game in a while, have you? Yeah, I know that they're bright colors, but they're not so, they're not, it's not like a big giant Hot Wheels car in there. It's a tiny little piece. That is, that is true. That is only part of it is the color. Like it's, and, and that, those colors don't match the exact same shades that are on the cards. Like I remember the purple being a lot darker on the car itself. It was more of a dark purple, like a great purple where it's like more of a pink on the card. I don't think you're right about that, but I, I'm going to let you do your argument. I, but regardless, I think around the world they do wins art and production's meaningful choice. And? The one that I think that it argues with, all right, this is this is the one. Yeah, let's pull it up. I'll have the black spots. Uh huh. Okay. All right, so we're just look looking at that. Look at that. No, that's terrible. So we're, people who are listening, we're pulling up the images. That's that's awful. What those is? tiny little cars across the way. I can't tell the difference between those orange, the orange and the yellow. That's yellow. The red that's and the orange. Green are not great. That's green. That's red. That, no, but they're not good, though. If it, This is like, you can tell the light's hitting it like as perfect as it can be. <laughs> like, look at the cards. Well, I got to find the cards. Yeah, find the cards. I mean, orange and yellow should not have been in the same one. I'm sorry. And uh, yellow, same. orange, green, red. Way you could have picked so many different colors. You really <laughs> could have. No, I think that's a misstep on them. Honestly, I, 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 I'm fine with it. I honestly see the colors well, but I'm, I have a different colorblind than you, so I right. can't really say too much. No, no, <laughs> that's awful. Really, that's really bad. Yeah. Yellow and you know what? I actually remember orange, when I played red, this, I, green. I moved the wrong car. I do remember that legitimately <laughs> because because they don't match. Like on the actual movement cards, yeah, it'll say it. Well, I'm trying to find the actual movement cards, but I, I might yeah, have to bust out my copy because you know why they're not taking pictures of it because it's not colorblind. Friendly. There you go. Yeah, they're the same colors. Yeah, but... There is no purple. And you're saying there was no graphic design that tells you... It tells you the color! Okay, but still, they don't match great for the cars. I remember I moved wrong pieces by accident. 
<laughs> yeah. I, say what you will, but that's a knock. There is nothing in Around the World in 80 Days that needs you. You were just saying specific. It doesn't say things. anything what color they are on the card. It tells the color. Okay, it tells you the color, but that still doesn't. The card doesn't tell you, <laughs> you what well, color it is. But that was it. Yeah, it was your knock. You know though. what they should have done? They should have changed the model of the car. No, I agree with that. Should have that. been slightly different. They should have been different models. I'll or, agree or with that. Some kind of signature. On but it. honestly, for the the price point too, it's it wasn't that bad. Um, but I know price point aside, it doesn't. Matter. Not a lot of people uh, that I know, or I know a lot of people that actually. Speaking of uh, a racing game, Mario Kart um, Monopoly, mm-hmm. they've. Pulled the cars yeah. out of the, <laughs> put it into the game. No, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I'm just saying that, like, there's nothing in Around the World in 80 Days that needs to be color-specific, so it doesn't matter. Like, it, nothing... Being colorblind, like, you could be completely grayscale, and you're still going to be able to play it just as easily as anybody else. That's a factor. Okay. So, art and production, I think, does go to Around the World in 80 Days. All right, I'm pulling it up because I'm not going to give leeway on that. More than likely, we're going to have to do a wash because it comes in a really heavy duty, nice double layered box. Like it has the box that slides out like a drawer. That's fun. Gold leafing on the box itself. Oh, but look at that board. Yeah, it, it has like little coffee stains on purpose. It's in theme. All those symbols make yeah, sense. Yeah. The... There's nothing that that a colorblind person would not be able to use on this. Oh, no, no, I don't disagree. Function of that, you have you have the cards that are the different events. You have all of the different things that you can use. You have to get rid of those cards; they match the symbol. There's no uh, physical problem with this game, not graphically. Everything functions perfectly. Ah, no, that's very busy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a single track. No, yeah, well, it's a single track, but it's just a lot going on that board. That... You're just making up stuff. No, no, I'm just no, looking at it and like... making up stuff to argue. I do, I do like the little top hats, though. The top hats are great. <laughs> Every game with top hats is better. Every game with top hats. I, I will give you that the top hats are nice. <laughs> All right. But really, I think what it boils down to is game immersion. Yeah. I, personally. But I don't think... So, which game fits the category best? I think that's Around the World in 80 Days. Because you are racing... That is your function. Ah, I get it. Uh, downforce really player, player interaction, I think with the ability to cut everybody off and move other people's cars, way better, better than downforce. downforce. Memorable moments, I say we call that a wash. Which means the whole category is a wash. Yes. Which means it's up to the fan vote. Alright, I'll give you that. I'll just... Which I do think I do think downforce is going to beat it in that. No, no, no. I, I think... I'm arguing my side. I'm just I'm letting it go because <laughs> I don't agree with everything you said. Huh? No. No, I... Uh, I'm not whispering to the listeners at all. I know, I heard you. But I'm just thinking, yeah, Downforce wins at 11%. Okay, and Heron Tortoise... 5%. 5. Yep. I give it that, but I, I do think, between the two, that it is a wash. They're both very thematic. They're both very good at what they do. Not argue that. I don't know how you say uh, around the world in eighty days is a prettier game. That thing is. Oh, it's, it's I just lo- looked at the board. It's boring. I love that board. That board, yeah. No accounting for taste. <laughs> You're the one who's arguing one that's not colorblind friendly. Of all people, you should be. Okay it is with very it. colorblind friendly. The the our biggest nope. thing is that we talked about that they need to do shade variants. The green is a lot darker than the red, and the orange is. Darker than the yellow. It was not to me. 
<laughs> it was not. It was not a lot darker. No, sir. Well, there was a shade variance between those if two. If we put it in grade scale, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Because it's gray. I, oh, well, no, I could tell the difference. One would be darker than the other. Bust out your game. Let's test this. <laughs> no. I will put a black and white filter on here. We'll you do it after the podcast right. because we're already having streaming issues at the moment. Okay. Because you notice how much it's going into the red. I know. Your dog has been having those accidents. Friend <laughs> streaming issues. <laughs> Our next one is going to be Pitch Car versus QB Toasts. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. I mean, we got very passionate, clearly, about our arguments, but Downforce did go through. For all of you guys who are voting for Downforce. Alright, who's going first? You'll be arguing first. Well, apparently I'm getting Kubitos because that was all the right. first one I saw. I grabbed both things and it's just what was up on my face. That works. <laughs> Always go with what's up on your face. <laughs> so, Kubitos... This is tough for me because, honestly, I really uh, like the both of them. Mm-hmm. And this is hard. When we're talking about like pure racing, it's pitch car. But Cubitos is there. Um, again, when we're talking about yeah. meaningful choice, yeah. that's pitch car. Again, because it's just you're more beholden to dice rolls than anything else in Cubitos. Right. So it's this is really, really tough for me. Uh, but Kabitos, everything you said in the last round was true. It is a very beautiful game. It is... Got a lot going for it. John DeClaire, for one, he does really good stuff. It's just hard to think this one is actually going to move on. Because uh, I think when it comes to game immersion, you do get into it a little bit. But you're, you're basically racing dice. You're little racing cubes. So <laughs> how much you can do. I will say the arc production in this game is through the roof. Yes. For its price point, too. Yep. It's not super expensive, and there's a lot of dice in this game. It is cheaper than Downforce. It is. Or not Downforce, I'm sorry. Uh, it's pitch cheaper car. than Pitch Car. Yes. Well, but that's because Pitch Car is pretty much all wood. Yeah. yeah don't let termites get into your house. No. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, a hard so, argument. So for me, it's, this one is a little bit hard for me, so I'm going to let you do some arguments as well, and I really just want to break it down. Okay. I, I don't disagree. Um, because I think very clearly, I think Pitch Car would likely move on, with a couple of exceptions, because I, we've argued the idea of is dexterity strategy, you know, because yeah. they're, they're both incredibly based on skill. Um, just whether they're skill in here or skill physically. Mm -hmm. you know, same thing. The brain is a muscle for a reason, right? Yeah. Even though I don't think it technically is. But, you know, regardless. No, you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean. But... But as far as long-term strategy and pitch car, there's no way you really affect other people's unless you knock them off, and that's for one turn, right? Yeah, you know? no, no, I get it. So um, as far as your strategy, <laughs> just go. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there, there's, I mean, yeah, you have to be skilled to go better. Yeah. But it's effect impact on other players or your long-term strategy. Uh, I feel like your long term, technically, I can make the argument for that for dexterity. Mm -hmm. um, but other play strategies, you have no impact on it. And arbitrary choices, there is no arbitrary choice. It's flick. Yeah. So, but the, the thing is with the uh, meaningful it, choice, I feel goes to pitch car. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Uh, there is some strategy in Kubitos, um, yeah. just for the simple fact of where you're going to the track. If you're in the inside track, you're getting an easier chance around the track right. than everybody else. Mind you, I'm not getting as much bonuses as everybody else either. Right. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, what I, what, once again, uh, pitch car, 
I feel like it's immersive. It feels like you're racing because you're you're jutting along that track. Cubitos has a lot of really fun stuff going in it, and it's really fun, and it kind of brings out the world of this absurd cubic world of racing, like, to be the supreme leader of the cube world or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the theme is. Yeah, the, the, that's the thing. Silly. It's not really thematic. Right, but it's... it's it does it's feel like a foot race. made to me to be absurd. Yeah. And it brings out that absurdity as yep. you have fans cheering you on and utilizing all these animals to run faster or something weird. It, it's, it's fun how it works. However, the only counter-argument I can say, realistically with Pitch Car, is that the rubber little sidetracks... Mm-hmm. They don't always fit in well. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's my argument. All right, um, ease of play. Other than that, ease of play, pitch car. Replay value. Pitch car. Pitch car. Meaningful choice. Uh, Cubito. Uh, no, pitch car. Pitch car. Yep. So right there, is, uh, it's moving yep. on. But let's do the other two. Game immersion. Um, Honestly, pitch car. Pitch car, yeah. Art and production. I would actually say Cubitos. I will give you Cubitos this way. the boxes, but they functionally do what they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. They, they fold a little weird. But, but the dice are really nice. But, the game board's yeah. really nice. But then, the, honestly, I think pitch car is ugly. <laughs> it I is. really do. I like the wood though because it, it the yeah it's, the, good, it's good components. It's just ugly. Yeah. Like I mean, maybe if they include little wooden trees or something, like to put up like randomly. Uh, no, no, let's not. Tire, let, like, let's let's not go uh, freaking uh, Colt Express route where no, the but, scenery is just there no, for. Like, no, put like a tire in there. Put like a sticker on one of the things that's like a super slippery sticker. It'd be an oil <laughs> spill. It could work, right? I mean, it, it doesn't slide quite right, you know. Uh, well, then it wouldn't be an oil spill. No, because it was actual like... oil on your board. <laughs> no, no, that's an upgrade right no. there. I know. I think pitch car moves on. Yeah, uh, well, we just did the the math, and it is. Yep. Uh, so for YouTube people, we're sorry with the video quality of this one. Um, our audio side, like, haha, suckers. Haha, show you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just streaming on a Monday is not great right nope, now. It's not. It's really hurting. <laughs> All right. Downforce versus Pitch Car. Yeah, so between Cubitos and Around the World in 80 Days, what kind of votes did they get? All right, so let's see. And um, So Around the World in 80 Days, we mentioned it now because it lost in the tiebreaker. It was at 5%. And then finally, Cubitos was sitting at a lovely 5%. Good deal. So moving on to the finals. Downforce versus Pitch Car. This, this is, almost seems too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it does. But like always, we're just going to... We don't, break we don't, down. We don't pick a side. Out of it, right? We don't take a side. Let's just see which one goes through. Is there any that stand out to you? There is oh, yeah. Me. Yeah, there's one that... Or there's two that stand out to me. Yeah. Art and production. Downforce. <laughs> Downforce. We'll come back to that because I was saying pitch car. You just For said production. it looks boring. It does. But the graphic design works better, and they, yeah, the art is better in, in Downforce, but that's it. The production is better in Pitch Car. We'll come back to it then, because that's, that's the one that's obvious. Ease, Ease of play. play. Pitch Car. Pitch car. Okay, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Replay um, value. Pitch Car. Okay. <laughs> Meaningful choice is, honestly, I think, it, I know where it's going to go. Uh, game Immersion. 
honestly, I think this is downforce. You really get into it, especially when it comes to like the betting side and stuff like that. You, you're, there's more player interaction other than when your stuff is falling off. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you. My only argument is that you're betting and racing the car at the same time. That's just, there's no situation where that makes sense. You're still racing the car. Yeah. So you're getting the racing racing aspect. And. But that's why it's under two categories. Racing and bets. They cannot bet while driving. Well, the the, the driver's not driving, or uh, not betting. It's the owner. You're the owner of the, the but car. If you're the owner, you're not moving the car. That's the driver. <laughs> you can't do both. But then again, you can't move everybody else's cars, too. So exactly. <laughs> That's another notch in the unrealism. Well, oh, I will give you... I the, feel the, like you're the, racing. Yes, no, I'll give you the, the first part of the Game Immersion. I'm talking about the other two parts the of Game Immersion. player interaction. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, we always have a blast doing that between between us with the... Oh, yeah, the, the we that. have a blast. But I, I see like more of the interaction was like, why are you moving that... Why are you blocking me in? What is going on yeah. here? What are, you ban- what are you bending over there? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, but memorable moments, though. I mean, if honestly, the one game I've never I, played with the ramp or the loop, but I imagine if those I did, are cool. Yeah, no, it probably yeah. leads to memorable moments. But for me, most of my memorable moments of pitch cars either going off the board or flipping my car. So, <laughs> although that was, that I think was it was funny, very... like when all of us were just like launching off of the road every single time. We were like, "All right, everybody, reset." But at a point, it just gets annoying. <laughs> true. Our buddy, Gamehead Geek, won the race, and I hadn't even made it past the first curve. I, I admit. That says less s- about him. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I'm saying, it, that's my memorable moment, is that I sucked at the game. Whereas See, I Downforce, remember that moment being hilarious. <laughs> whereas Downforce, you, you yeah, even though I'll give you that. you'd be like, oh god, my car sucked, but I still had a chance to win yeah. the game. Okay, I'll give you game immersion then. I'll give it to uh, Downforce. Downforce. Yeah. But yeah. for me, it's just, I'll give you the, the fitting the category best. Bitch right. card, yeah, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easily, yeah. Uh, meaningful choice, impact another player's strategies. Pitch card. Pitch card, yep. Though you can impact other people's strategies in the Downforce pretty well. Yes, that's the part that I would give, give to, to Downforce. The, downforce. the other two. two. Your long-term strategy and, and arbitrary, arbitrary choice. choice. Yeah. There's, there's nothing arbitrary about Flicking correctly. So we don't even have to go back to art and production and make no, that argument. Even though it would go to <laughs> no. Twitch car. No. No, we're not. How? The art, art is better. Art's better, but pieces of components, pitch car. The graphic cards design, are better. Pitch car. No, the graphic design is great. What graphic design is in pitch car? It doesn't need it. That's the best part. The, oh, it did it, it, it's disregarded. <laughs> no. It doesn't. No. No, it's a no. No, no. I'm because putting, it works perfectly. I'm just doing it here. <laughs> there we go. Pitch card is the winner. Three to two. <laughs> three to two. <laughs> All right, good deal. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know why I argue it like Downforce is a bad game because I really like it, but it's just I those, those small minor quibbles. We have to have something to argue about. Yeah, and with games. Well, like, you just want to argue instead you know, of. Well, that's the point of a debate, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the thing is, really, like. Between pitch car and downforce, you know, you know what it is. You're so mad. We didn't get really into much argument last week when we did the compare and contrast that you just we want to make it hell today. No, I. But I feel very strongly that between these two, if you like dexterity, pitch car is going to be the thing for you. If you don't, downforce. downforce. Is yeah, no, I agree. Game. Yeah, like that. If this, if pitch car wasn't on the list, downforce. Well, I mean, obviously would have won. But mm-hmm. I, but I mean, not just a little bit. I think it would have won by a mile. Oh yeah, 
if that helps. <laughs> yes, we're both stubborn. Yes, we are. So let's look at the votes. Point. Yep, what were the votes? Well, uh, the final vote would have been, as my thing is going crazy over here, uh-huh. Downforce was at 11%, Pitch Car at 5 Yep. So there we go. Um, if it went to tiebreaker, Camelot would have won. <laughs> yeah, if it went to tiebreaker the whole way, Camelot would have won. Wow. All right, that was that funny. is surprising to me how well Camelot is loved. Yeah, and, uh, and considering Jamaica is on the list, considering like all these others, yeah, were added. I mean, Flum Rouge was added on, and that got just as many well, he, pitch car. Did. Pitch car, yeah, or no all more right, than pitch course. car downforce, yeah. yeah. At 11%. So, and then Formula D was 16%. And honestly, like I said, that to me feels the purest when it comes to racing yes. games. Just because of the downshifting and everything. Agreed. Yeah. And you're not placing bets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a plus in my in my eye. Well, I'll tell you this. Formula D sounds more racing than, uh, what was it, automobiles where you're pulling cubes out of a bag. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> if we got to compare just, those two. Just the way the, that worked. I mean, it's, ugh, I don't know. I can't help. Wait. Oh, cantaloupe. It's camel up. Camel up. <laughs> not not the game cantaloupe. That's a totally different one. Or the um, fruit. <laughs> well, technically me- yeah, melon. <laughs> All right. So that was a really fun debate. Uh, join us next time for a topic that we don't know what it's going to be yet. Yet, yeah. But we'll we'll check. Maybe out. we'll we do like something. the bonus episode next week when we're not having streaming issues. Right there, you go. So we would thank you definitely for tuning in. Um, we. If we ever want to join us, like our good friend Creative Chaos, on a live episode and live uh, argument, traditionally it's on Tuesdays, but you can join us on twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you could do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. All right. And if you want to contact us directly, either say hi, enter in a future contest, or give us ideas for future episode topics or top eight debates. Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can also get in contact with us on our official Twitter page, at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And keep on racing and listening to Everyday Board Games. (laughs) And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.